Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews. Coming to you all the way from the Battle on an Axis, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me all the way from Tashi Station, where he just picked up some new power converters, it's my special guest, Rafael Motomayor. How's it going, bud? Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. We've known each other for a long time, and I've wanted you on the show for a long time, just haven't had the opportunity, but uh, thank you so much for joining me for this very special episode. What are we talking about today? Why are you here? What's going on? It's my absolute pleasure, and we are here to discuss the finally the return of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yeah, exactly. So we've got season seven, or the final season, or the revival season, or whatever you want to call it, uh, coming to Disney+. Plus. Actually should be available now, as you guys are listening to this episode. So we wanted to get Raphael on here. He's a, a regular contributor over at Collider. Also has a bunch of other outlets that he writes for. Do you want to drop a few plugs there and tell the folks out there what you're working on, what your beat is, where they can find you? Well, everything I write is always, I post on my Twitter, uh, which is just my name, at Rafael Motamayor, that's M-O-T-A-M-A-Y-O-R. Uh, I've been writing a bunch about uh, Clone Wars and everything Star Wars. I have a piece that I will <laughs> reference later on over at Sci-Fi about how the show... Uh, make us feel bad or good for both sides of the war. I wrote a thing over at Collider about the previous Clone Wars show uh, that's gained the Tartakovsky's Clone Wars without the the, which is a really fantastic show. Definitely. And I definitely want to talk about uh, a little bit more of that. We'll kind of thread that into the conversation as we go. Uh, As you guys know here on the show, when we talk about an episode or a series overall, we break it down into the good, the bad, and the LOL. We don't talk about the ugly here because we know a lot of work goes into these shows and we couldn't possibly do it ourselves, so we want to give credit where credit is due and just tell you some things that maybe made us laugh whether they were intentional or otherwise. But before we get into that, we want to turn it over to our longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem. You know him, you love him. He's going to give you the synopsis for this particular episode and this new season of Clone Wars. Bobby, take it away. The award-winning continuation of the saga Star Wars The Clone Wars returns for its epic conclusion with ambitious, groundbreaking computer animation from Lucasfilm Animation, classic characters, astounding action, and the timeless battle between good and evil. Star Wars The Clone Wars expands the Star Wars story with all new adventures set in a galaxy far, far away. Now it is the end of the historic Clone Wars as the forces of darkness have a great power in their bid to transform the Republic into the Galactic Empire. In the conflict's final days, clone troopers specialize for the dangerous missions ahead. Ahsoka Tano confronts life outside of the Jedi Order and a familiar menace returns to wreak havoc. The explosive final chapters of the Clone Wars chronicle the end of a major era in Star Wars history. In Episode 701, The Bad Batch, Captain Rex and the Bad Batch must infiltrate an enemy based on an Access. Bobby, thank you so much, as always. I think we've talked about this before, uh, my co-host Sean and myself, but we usually try to see what character Bobby would like to play in the particular episode or series that we're talking about. We've talked about a lot of Star Wars here. Bobby can play whatever he wants. So, Bobby, that's up to you to let us know whatever you want to play. We'll leave that one to you. However, tonight, today, before we get into the good, the bad, and the LOL, Raphael, I want to talk to you a little bit about the history of Clone Wars. I mean, going back, what, almost... 20 years now? When did Gendy Tartakovsky's uh, first original animated Clone Wars series come out? Uh, that was between 2003 and 2005, uh, right after Attack of the Clones. Uh, the story goes that George Lucas wanted to tell the story of the titular Clone Wars since the movies 
don't really show us anything about it. Uh, we only see the very first battle really briefly, and then the last, what, two, three days of the war. And even then, we only focus on a handful of characters. So he brought in Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, who at that time was known for Samurai Jack and Dexter's Laboratory over at Cartoon Network to develop uh, what suppo- was supposed to be a one-minute uh, segment but they afterward they settled on like three to five minute uh, really short episodes that I remember air like during the commercials and when you you were seeing some random show and then suddenly oh this is uh, Star Wars and oh there's Obi Wan oh but they look differently and they certainly act really differently yeah. as I wrote my uh, piece for Clatter they were pretty much gods in that show yeah and what was it about uh, that particular take on the, the mythology what was it about the characters the action specifically what was it about the mythology that you personally liked as our first kind of introduction to Clone Wars well what the show does really well is that it kind of builds up the Jedi myth um it doesn't really, uh, compared to what we had seen at that point, the original trilogy showed us this really, um, th- this order that was dying out. There was only uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda, and, just, and Luke doesn't really know what he's doing. So he's uh, in training, basically. And by the time we get to the prequels, they are a corrupt order that has lost their way, and they are pretty much just slaves to... Uh, the Republic's uh, politics. So by the time uh, Clone Wars, the micro series came out, we finally see them in action doing these amazing uh, feats of strength in ways that you can really see how uh, random citizens of the galaxy will see them and think, oh, that's somebody I do not want to mess with. Uh, that's someone that I can't believe will like save the galaxy or stand up against an army of droids or whatever. And then the action, is there really anything left to be said about uh, the way Tartakovsky does action in animation? Because the man really knows how to make you feel like you're watching something you've never seen before. Every shot in that uh, micro-series, within a fight scene, every shot is different. Every shot has a, a rhythm to it. And you just feel like you're watching something that couldn't be replicated anywhere else, uh, which is what animation does best. Absolutely. And and that's why you can see there's a huge difference between watching the Tartakovsky series uh, from the early 2000s and then watching Dave Filoni's Clone Wars series. I mean, the characters are pretty much the same. The timeline is more or less the same. The adventures, we get a little different there because obviously Filoni had way more opportunity to explore that mythology and tell those stories. But it's amazing just to see like the difference that, you know, of a visionary at the top of all that, how how different they can be. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Filoni's Clone Wars a little bit before we get into Season 7. So this debuted, I think, back in 2008, and it ran for five years until 2013. And it, was, uh, it, it had a sixth season, and it finished off, but then they were still in production. They were still making episodes that were planned for a seventh season, but it was soft canceled. It was, it was canceled. It was paused. It was, we didn't really know what was going on at the time. Um, what's your kind of recollection of the previous like six seasons of Filoni's Clone Wars as it stood back in 2013? I don't remember six. I remember five. Because uh, the sixth season didn't even air normally. Uh, I think it was released in like uh, German TV 
regularly. And for the rest of the world, we only got it via Netflix. But when nobody really cared about Netflix, or very few people did. Right. Uh, but when like their biggest show was only like uh, House of Cards and right. barely even that. Uh, so they just dropped the entire season six and it felt differently than the rest because by the time the regular Cartoon Network uh, broadcast of the show ended, it ended on a really dark note as uh, Ahsoka left the spoiler alert, I guess, yeah. left the Jedi Order after she was being framed for a terrorist attack. And when season six picks up, is they don't really speak about her. Uh, it's just a series of um, not really connected with just a series of like two, three episode arcs that were left nearly finished by the time the show was cancelled and I mean, to be honest, those episodes have some of my fondest memories of the show uh, in terms of uh, character interaction just the mythology of it all uh, it was the first time we saw the in-canon um name dropping of uh, Cory Bang, which they changed the name for for some reason. But then people started he- uh, talking about how there were even more episodes that were almost done. We, we didn't really hear about for years until uh, I think it was at Star- one of the Star Wars celebrations that they uh, released or uh, one of the rough animation for it. And eventually they found, I think they found a way to the StarWars.com website. And they're still around. You can still watch them. There's still like, I don't know, like eight episodes left, 12 episodes, however many they are. And some of them found their way to books, uh, graphic novels. Um, so they are around. It's just weird to know because of uh, how this season begins. Yeah, so the the history of it gets a little muddled in between 2013 to all the way up to 2020 because, like Raphael mentioned, we had the five solid seasons, and that's when everything started. It was fine, and then the behind the scenes stuff of production and you know corporate deals. Now, remember, this was back when it was Cartoon Network. I think it was even before Disney had uh, Lucasfilm and Star Wars. It was definitely before they had everything else that they currently have now. So you could kind of see in retrospect, you can see those business deals kind of in the works. Like we're buying this thing. We don't currently know what it's going to do. So we're going to pause it here and then we're going to pick it up later on. And we don't know how that's going to look or how that deal is going to be. And we didn't know at the time either. Like nobody really knew what the deal was. So we had five seasons and then we had the sixth season, which Raphael mentioned was kind of just randomly dropped on people. And a lot of people I think still refer to it as like the unknown episodes because they're kind of just like random arcs here and there. And then for season seven, which was planned, you know, animation takes a while for the ramp up. You've got to plan like years in advance of how to start all this stuff. There were a number of episodes, like you mentioned there, I believe were eight episodes that were sort of maybe 60%, 80% done. There was enough uh, kind of rudimentary animation to be able to show them to people. The stories were set, the characters and the voices were more or less set. So that kind of leads us into today, into 2020, into season seven. If you weren't aware, the first episode that you're going to see on Disney Plus for this brand new season is a finished and updated version of what was originally intended to be a season seven episode. I don't know if it was originally supposed to be the season seven premiere or not. I've seen differing opinion on that because there was the Bad Batch, which is what we got uh, for the uh, the kickoff, which is what we're going to talk about today. But there was also a separate arc that involved uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan investigating first a death on another planet, and that led them without giving away too much it led them 
in a search for a, a kyber crystal that somebody had gotten their hands on. And that was another four-episode arc, which I'll talk about in a little bit as to where this may or may not show up on the Disney Plus series. But today, since we're talking about The Bad Batch, we're going to get into that episode. Uh, I think without saying any more, I think we can get into the good, the bad, and the LOL for this episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, one thing I did want to quickly mention in regards to the unfinished episode was that as we said, it's kind of weird that this is how they begin. But also, some of the episodes did find their way into books, and I don't think those were going to be adapted, even though I really, really hope they will do the Asajj Ventress arc because she was one of my favorite characters that Tartakovsky introduced yeah. way back in 2003. Uh, the um, Filoni's Clone Wars doesn't really use her that much, uh, but the how little we see of her is really interesting. And then she sort of disappeared into the book world. And this would have been an opportunity to see more of it. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. And that's a good point about uh, Legends versus Canon. So even though these Filoni episodes were technically unfinished, as far as I know, they are Canon. So they are official episodes. And now, because they're coming out on Disney Plus as part of the Clone Wars series, they are 100% Canon because they've taken those unfinished episodes, finalized them and brought them into Canon. So, who knows, there may be a chance for any of the, the sort of like tangential books, uh, different stories and other things that they touch to be folded in. Sometimes they'll take a character and just be like, that character's canon now. <laughs> Even though like their stories and books aren't necessarily, so you never know. Um, but let's let's talk about the Bad Batch. Uh, what worked for you? We're going to start with the good. So we're going to hit all the highlights, all the stuff that worked. And just so you guys out there are aware... Disney does have an embargo. We've seen a couple episodes, but Disney does have an embargo for episodes to come because these are released weekly. So we are only going to be talking in detail about the episode that is currently available. So even if you've seen the previous episodes, even if you're aware that those have been out there for five years, we're not going to talk too much about that. We're going to try to keep it limited to just the episode that we saw because some things have changed. Uh, we've definitely seen an updated version. But before I ramble on too much, Raphael, what worked for you about The Bad Batch? Well, it really felt like no time had passed. If you're a fan of the Clone Wars, this will be like just meeting some old friends. Uh, they may look a little bit differently than you remember. They look like they were done with better technology, maybe. Yeah. They have better makeup, to say it like that. Uh, but <clears throat> their interactions are the same. The humor is the same. Uh, it's pretty much what you loved and expected from our, uh, a return to form for Clone Wars. Those that were maybe on the fence about uh, Star Wars Rebels in terms of animation, this is exactly as it used to look uh, back in the Clone Wars, which at the same time uh, does, um, we, we'll talk about that later, uh, it feels a bit strange going from one type of uh, art style, to say like that, to, to, to the present one. It worked for me at times, uh, but what really, really did it for me was the, the, the new characters, the titular Bad Batch. Uh, the clones were sort of my favorite parts of the Clone Wars, uh, just seeing them, getting to know them, everything from like the Domino Squad to the one-off characters like the Deserter. Uh, they really became the heart and soul of the show. And seeing this new group of characters that have even more of a personality, it does make me want a whole series about them. Uh, and I don't feel I'm going to be alone in that. Uh, so we'll see how much they really, uh, how big of a part they, they, they have in this new season. But so far, I'm really happy with them. 
Definitely, yeah. And I think the first thing that really struck me, obviously, was the animation change. It, you get a little bit of whiplash if you're like watching the original series from, say, 2013, and then you're like, oh, there was this unfinished thing with like half rendered, uh, you know, not fully rendered animation. And then you go to uh, Rebels or you go to Resistance and you get those changes. And then all of a sudden you're kind of like thrown back into this world and you're just like, whoa, like it looks like the Clone Wars that I remember, but it looks it looks better because they've like, you know, everything's fully rendered. You had the advent of five, seven years worth of technological advances and they already had an existing framework to work off of. So I'm going to revisit that particular point in a little bit. But I really like the animation. It looked fluid. Like you said, it looks like we just picked up where we left off previously, but everything looks a little sharper, moves a little smoother, and just looks, it looks, it's pretty. Like it's just a pretty looking show. Um, I think we also get the return of the original voice cast here. So we've got D. Bradley Baker, who's doing like pretty much every voice, uh, as far as I know, since he's the, the challenge with having clones <laughs> as your main character. They're all supposed to be essentially the same. So when you have one voice actor who voices one, they voice all of them. Uh, they could have had a little bit of leeway with the Bad Batch when they came in because they're they're quote unquote like the defective um, or engineered clones to be different. So they could have gotten away with stuff. But he's such uh, an insanely talented actor that you could have thrown twice as many clones at him and he would have been like, fine, I'll voice them all. I'll find something different. I'll find a new wrinkle. I'll find a, a little trait that's different about all of them. He knocked it out of the park. I mean, everybody did, but this was pretty much his episode to carry. Oh, absolutely. I was uh, astonished by how diff- how much of a personality he gave the new characters. Because we have seen him uh, play around, and you still feel like they're uh, all based on the same person. Uh, but they have a tiny uh, changes in, 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 in how they speak, in how they act. But with the bad batch, I do feel like even if, as you say, they could have gone a little bit uh, further in, he still gives them uh, enough of a personality that you feel like, oh yeah, no, these, they're not the same. Uh, they may have the same uh, sort of DNA inside them, but they, there's something different about them. Um, and you see them physically, like so, like there were at least two of them that I thought they, what happened there? Because they, they don't look at, like at all like they are from Django Fed. Um, and in terms of uh, the characters themselves, I just how they act, just seeing them together, just seeing Deepa mm-hmm. Baker play off himself uh, so much, it's just astounding to see, especially after so many years. He's like, he never left. He, like, he just kept going. Yeah, he's Which amazing. Maybe just the fact that he recorded this a few years ago, we don't know. <laughs> it's possible. I don't, I'd love to know the, like, the behind the scenes of what all they actually had to do. Like, did they take the original animation and just run it through a new renderer? You know, did they start from scratch or like use this as like a framework that they made new stuff from? Did they go back to the original voice recordings? I I would love to know all that stuff, which they'll probably never tell us, but uh, either way, like his, his range was incredible. And I think a lot of that, you know, a big part of that is obviously Baker, but it's also that these individual characters of the Bad Batch are very like specific and iconic to each other. Did you have a favorite of the the newcomers? We can talk about all of them, but did you have a favorite? Uh, first off, uh, I did see the original version of this episode, and it does feature the same uh, dialogue most of the time. There are a couple tiny little changes, and there's uh, one extra scene, um, which we can talk about more later, when uh, Rex uh, sees the picture of the squad and he thinks back about the past. That's not... In the original version, otherwise, it's exactly the same. So I don't know 
he they, they, the pickoffs uh recently or if they had deleted scenes from before i'm not sure but there's no difference in sound or uh, i don't know how they did it um but it's completely seamless as um as for the my favorite i don't know i i like them all <laughs> but I feel like the the, the leader was he, visually he's so uh, visually striking. There's something about him like he looks like an '80s action hero. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, I want to follow that guy wherever <laughs> he goes. And then um, the screen that we saw didn't have a subtitle, so I have a, a a bit of a hard time with some of the the names. But the, just the the big guy uh, that carried the spaceship, he was just so funny. Yeah. So I think we had the leader. I think was Hunter. And then the, the the big guy who's, like, genetically engineered to be, like, way stronger than he even looks like he is. Like, he's huge to begin with. He's, like, twice the size of any other clone. But then, yeah, at, at times, he's not going to, like... It, there happens to be a spaceship that's, like, fallen on one of their comrades. And, and the other guys are like, there's no way he's going to get him out of there. And they're like, no, he's not going to get him out. He's going to move the... He's going to, like, move the ship out of the way. And he just, like, picks up this, like, shuttlecraft, essentially, and just moves it aside. That was Wrecker, I think. Yeah, and then we've got, like, a, a sniper who you can tell because he has, like, a scar of, like, a, a bullseye crosshairs uh, over his one eye. And I think that's just crosshair. And then we have another guy who's a uh, techie. And he does all their technological stuff and hacking into computers and breaking through locks. And I think they just call him tech. So it's, it's pretty basic as far as the names go. But their names and their descriptions and their uh, visual designs, their character designs, they match what they're their you know their traits are <laughs> they're very specific one to one of what they actually are so yeah so you liked hunter and you you like wrecker too the other two stand out in any way for you i mean they do uh especially one in, in their interactions with rex because we do see um that uh sort of relationship in how they treat each other uh the bad batch calls the rest of the clones regs or regular clones right. i guess uh so they do feel like outcasts even though they're all made from this exact same individual and i i, I did find it uh really funny and and, and i i like that interaction even though we uh, as far as we see rex, rex at least doesn't really know about them uh so we don't know we don't see uh any history of how they relate to the other clones, but we do something that the Clone Wars itself does really well. It just hint at uh, this history of uh, hundreds of other missions uh, that we don't know exactly what happened, but we do know that he made an impression of uh, on the Bad Batch, and it made them into some kind of legends amongst the army. Yeah, and I really like the mythology that they go into a little bit here because they make this new group that, like you said earlier, like I'd love to see more of their adventures. Give me a spinoff series that follows the Bad Batch, Clone Force 99, like deep, whatever you want to call them. I also like that they had a little nod back to uh, a uh, sort of like a deformed or a defective clone named 99 who featured in an earlier episode. Was he in just one episode or was it a series, an arc? I can't remember. He was in two episodes. Okay. Uh, that was another weird thing with this show that they um, Cartoon Network aired them out of order. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, Filoni and the writers started making uh, prequel episodes to previously aired episodes. So it's really weird. But yeah, that he was featured in two episodes. Yeah, which was cool because it was like a nod back to that character as well. And the characters themselves, like Rex, I think, and one of his, his like lieutenants, uh, they even address it. They're like, 99 nice touch it's like the, there's a little reference that like it makes the world feel a little more connected it makes the clones feel like even though they're like just being introduced to these new guys who are like completely insane and very different from anything else they've ever seen they're still kind of that 
that camaraderie, that that brotherhood that kind of unites them all together beyond just their DNA. Yeah, really, I really enjoyed that part. And I love the fact that they build this mythology of the Bad Batch as like they're engineered to be different and very specific in their abilities, but they also have like a 100% success rate, which means like, you know, they've never failed. They've never really, they haven't lost anybody. They haven't died, but they're also just like completely off book when it comes to doing stuff. So they, they butt heads a lot with the regs because Rex and his crew, they may not have a hundred percent success rate, but a lot of them are still around. They're still alive. There's some very specific characters who, uh, who have fallen in combat and battle before, and they actually factor into this as well. So for me, I really like the action and the intrigue in this story that was separate from what you may have expected as like a Jedi focused story in the Clone Wars. I, I like that they just got to focus on the clones, but what about the story itself worked for you, whether it was from the original telling or this this sort of dressed up version? Yeah, so um, the clone heavy episodes were my favorite episode of the, the original run. Uh, I love every one of the, the Domino Squad, as it were. Um, so I really liked that they were continuing the story. I had forgotten uh, what I had seen from when I saw the original unfinished episode. Uh, so it was a surprise to me uh, to know that they were continuing uh, the story really uh, specific and direct ways. Uh, I don't know how much we are uh, talking like specific spoilers about it. I just I just wouldn't name drop the character they're okay. talking about, uh, at least so, not yet, because it's kind of a surprise for people if they haven't seen the episode. But, you know, you can talk about the history. Sure. Yeah. So like we do see uh History plays a big part in this episode, and the, the history between the clones that have served together for years, for many battles that we have seen grow into characters and we uh, grow as, as, as comrades. Because uh, even a, a big part of uh, the, the show has been uh, humanizing what in the movies only showed us fa- literally faceless characters. We only saw them in helmets because they were all in CGI. So the show really does a great job of making them feel like real characters. And this episode uh, shows that they treated themselves as, as friends. They they carried over these relationships. They never forgot a, a, about each other. They still carry that weight uh, about their, their lost friends. So it was really interesting to see uh, how that plays into Rex's uh, story here, especially knowing uh, his role in Rebels and and his continued story. Yeah, and I really like the fact that they played sort of both sides of that. So they didn't just say, oh, Rex had a history with these characters and we're going to tie this story into it to sort of like either continue that relationship or finish it off. We don't know, you know, until you see all all four episodes, I guess. But uh, what I thought was more interesting was that the leadership then came in, whether it was the Bad Batch and kind of the new guys on the block or whether it was Anakin and any of the other generals you know, sometimes they kind of push back and they were just like, Rex, like, are, we're taking a big chance here with this mission and we're not, you know, like, are your personal feelings kind of affecting how far you're going for this? Or like, are you kind of blinded or, or is your intuition clouded by all this? So they ask those tough questions. Now, granted, they always, they just go with him at the end anyway. Like he's, his conviction kind of shines through, which was great. Whether he's right or wrong, we don't know, but... I love that they actually had that pushback of asking the genuine questions like from a military standpoint of like strategy and, you know, uh, efficiency, like, is this the right thing to do? So, again, just it just goes back to like the mature storytelling of Clone Wars. And that hasn't changed either. That's still as good as it ever was. Um, what else do you have in the good column for this one? 
Uh, well, I really liked uh, that. I'm not sure if that's a lol thing or a good thing. It's both really. But everything Sometimes the they blend together. I, yeah. I, I I love the droids. I, oh yeah, yeah. I, that article I, I wrote for uh, sci-fi.com about the, the show and how it treats both armies, it was mostly a way to talk about the, the big one battle droids because uh, if you thought they were just dumb, uh, replaceable, expendable uh, pieces of junk in the movies, they really do make you feel bad for them in the show because <laughs> they always just have like one-liners and then they get killed and they look surprised every time it happens. Like they, for some reason, never expect uh, there to be an attack and there always is and they always end up dead so it just gives me uh, tremendous joy to see them being destroyed so easily i have to ask you are you a fan of uh, roger the battle droid from other uh, other versions of this series oh absolutely okay you like roger uh, yeah just I, I i like every time they reference that uh yeah. they see both uh clone wars and even rebels as a, a joke about it just I, I love it. Another thing I really like was just um, how they portray the, the difference in uh, just the, the war tactics between the Bad Batch and, and the regular clones. Uh, we talk about how like they have their own specific way of doing things, but we do see that uh, Rex has become a leader. Uh, he does his things his way. Uh, he plans things through. He works a lot with Anakin, uh, and that has changed the way he approaches things, even to the point that he's becoming really emotional and doesn't really want to follow the rules, which I really like that for once, Anakin was the only one uh, disrespecting authority, whereas the bad bads were just like, yeah, they just go and kill some people. We, we don't really care about strategy. We're just cool, and that's it. Um, so that was a really interesting uh way of portraying how different clones think that we haven't really seen before that usually just either following a jedi or uh planning something they pretty much the exact same way here we do see that they think radically different yeah and i really like to i like i want to know more about what hunter can do and what he's up to because if like if record crosshair and and uh tech are all just like willing to do whatever this guy says like because record gets like super upset and angry with the regs for just being he sees them kind of like weak and inferior sometimes and like you know cowardly or whatever he has a whole bunch of adjectives he could he could throw at him but all hunter has to say is like knock it off and he immediately just gets back in line and that makes me think like well i want to know what hunter can do like what is he up to what has he done for these guys in the past that make them like respect him so much and just immediately listen to what he has to say but the same thing goes for rex and, and anakin too like you said they kind of they butt heads a little bit in trying to figure out what's going on and i think now's maybe a good time to sort of tease uh, the end of this particular episode as it leads into the next one. So what was it about the way that they wrapped up this first episode uh, that kind of, you know, what what worked for you as far as the mythology and, and this introduction to the new season uh, on Disney Plus? Well, um, what it does is it reminds you of the whole thing about this episode is that it really build, uh, relies on your history with the characters and the characters' history with each other. Uh, so by the end, you feel the, 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 the gravity of uh, what encountering each other, what this uh, bond that they have, um, what it does to them, how it, it makes the Rex perhaps uh, behave in a way that maybe he shouldn't, maybe he should. We 
don't really know yet, uh, but it also teases that there may be more, uh, there, there are new tactics uh, to this world that we haven't seen before, and I really like that uh, we see some of the villains that we have seen before, I think, that we're spider yeah, Trench, Admiral Trench, yeah, who's like, he's a great character because he's been killed like four times and he just keeps coming back like with a different, you know, a different uh, cybernetic part attached to him till he's eventually just going to be like Grievous where he's just mostly machine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, he's <laughs> he's really cool, but like um, they do tease that uh, there's more that the Separatists are doing uh, to, yeah. to challenge the Republic, which even though we know how it ends, it's it's always refreshing to see that uh, they still pose a challenge. We know that there's still there's still a long way to go. Uh, it makes you want to see how they are gonna play that out. Definitely, and I like like I like that you mentioned like tactics and strategy because that's a big part of this episode. That like Rex has been he's become well known for being able to think outside the box, uh, which separates him from the other clones. His strategies allows them to to win battles, but all of a sudden in this episode, it's it's kind of the cause of them losing battles. Like they're using Rex's strategies against him, and that plays out in a really interesting way with the chaotic, you know, wild card that is the Bad Batch. Uh, before we're speaking of bad, before we get into anything that didn't quite work for you in this episode, do you have anything else that you want to mention in the in the good column, or do you want to jump right in? Uh, I think we can jump right in. I mean, otherwise, uh, again, this is just. Uh, return to fun. it's not really a return to fun, it's just more of the same, sure. and that's not a bad thing, but right. um, it's just as if they have never left. Gotcha. So, what if anything didn't work for you with this episode? And you can talk about this in a broader sense, from like I'm going to the Disney Plus of it all, yeah. Uh, well, for starters, it's just the the animation is it, it worked for me, but if it took some adjustment time, mm-hmm. um. So I hope that it becomes uh, better with uh, the following episode. But in uh, the first few minutes, I was like, this is weird. It just looks <laughs> slightly off-putting, um, which took me out of it just a tiny bit. It, it didn't do a lot, but it, it, it was just, um, it took some time getting used to. Otherwise, I, I guess the, the, the just the biggest negative is just that this is pretty much the same episode as, those who saw the 2013 episode know. Uh, there's just one scene that I mentioned before that is added here, but otherwise it's the same dialogue, the same uh, action beats, uh, which makes me wonder why they... Because, I mean, you have to do this episode because I cannot imagine not knowing the Bad Batch. And by now, you're just going to know everything about them. So I would be disappointed if they hadn't shown up, but I do wonder why they chose to begin with this episode and not something else because like i i don't know if we know this but i think this is gonna be like six on six where like it's just uh unconnected story arcs i don't think it's gonna be any overarching story here so if that's the case then why not begin with ahsoka which was the last thing we saw in season five or the mandalorian arc which directly connects to the other big disney property so that's a bit uh, weird, but I, I suppose we won't know for sure until the rest of the season comes out. And that's the thing. Like I speculated, I speculated a little bit in my early reviews uh, of this season. Here's what I think is going to happen. And again, this is just speculation because we haven't heard anything official. 
I'll tell you what we did here officially and then how that kind of works in. So we know that the Bad Batch, obviously, is going to lead off Season 7. We know that there are 12 quote-unquote new episodes that are coming. We also know that the Bad Batch arc is a collection of four episodes, uh, because we've already seen them, or at least portions of them, from the unfinished versions. So I don't think I'm reaching too far when I say that the first four episodes are probably going to be the finished versions of that Bad Batch arc. Mm -hmm. We also know that they're going to do the Siege of Mandalore, which to me, that's going to be a new, all new everything. We haven't seen, I don't think, any of that before. So I think that those are going to be their their new uh, productions, and they're probably going to end this season with those last four episodes. So that's where Ahsoka's going to come in. That's where Maul's going to come in. That's where a lot of those uh, mythology tie-ins, probably to The Mandalorian, are going to come in. They're going to finish strong with those four brand new episodes, which nobody has seen. Which means, now this is my biggest speculation point so far, I wouldn't be surprised if the middle four episodes was the other unfinished arc that they're going to finish those episodes and then include them. And I, I kind of hope they, I'm torn. Like you said, with the Bad Batch, like you wanted it to show up here. But is that, you know, balance that against getting to see all new stories and new episodes? Like, where do you fall with the idea of eight out of the 12 episodes may just be finished versions of something we've seen already versus wanting to get new episodes? I guess the it boils down to, is this the last season or right. isn't it? Well, they because, say uh, final season, they yeah. They, they do say final season, but... Because if it wasn't, if there was any chance of us getting more, then there's always the possibility that they revisit uh, prequel episodes to what we see here, like uh, as they did with the the clones in the first season, with they showed us just a battle, and then uh, the following season they showed us uh, their training and how they came together. So they could do that for the Bad Batch and some of these other episodes. Like I want to see more of what Ahsoka was uh, right. was up, but. If this is the last we're ever gonna get of this, then yeah, I'm torn. Cause especially, uh, I don't know if we really need the other four episodes. Like we, this was cool, yeah, but did we really <laughs> need yeah. this? Yeah, the other arc is it's not great. It's fine, but it's like it does. It's not the bad batch. You don't introduce like a brand new element that's like chaotic and wild and new characters and like characters that you want to see in their own series. Like I'd love if this led to a spinoff for the bad batch. I'd love if the siege of Mandalore led to, like you mentioned, a prequel series where we can see what Ahsoka has been up to in between her leaving the Jedi order and then coming back for whatever she's going to do in these new episodes. I'd love to see just like her adventures and maybe they have that in the works. I think what's really going to be a test is those middle four episodes, which they haven't talked about yet. And I'm worried that it's just going to be Anakin and Obi-Wan hunting down a kyber crystal that ultimately doesn't lead anywhere. Semi-spoiler alert, not really. Like, you hear kyber crystal and you think, like, automatically you think, like, oh, it's got to be a weapon of some kind, whether it's a, a badass handheld weapon or a super weapon. And ultimately it doesn't really lead anywhere because it was, an un, it was just a, an arc. It was kind of an unfinished arc that didn't really add too much to the story yeah it just i'm afraid it's gonna be like uh season six or like because yep. that was it, it was the same deal like they had the the arc about order 66 and how they almost discovered that was really interesting and really connected to it was something that you wanted to see even though some people are on the fence about the whole chief thing which i thought that was really cool that you can <laughs> see rex does have a little scar on his uh, on the side of his head yeah um which ties into rebels and all of that so that was interesting 
and then everything with Yoda and that spiritual journey does add to the mythology. But then you have uh, something with Jar Jar that didn't really lead anywhere. <laughs> and there was an art with Anakin and Padme Seth's boyfriend that just went to show that he was really a bad boyfriend. And we knew that already. Right. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if we needed that. So I, I don't know. It's, especially if this is going to be the middle part and it being Disney Plus and it releasing episodes weekly, are we really going to have to wait a month uh, before they get into the good stuff? It's going to be tough. That's, I think that's the way they're going to go because honestly, it, it, from a business standpoint, it would make the most sense to remake and refinish those, not even remake, but just finish those eight episodes that you already have in the can. And they can write that off by saying, well, we'll start with the Bad Batch, which I don't think was originally, I could be wrong, but I think originally Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan's adventure may have started off the season seven. So I think they're like, well, we need Anakin and Obi-Wan in here somewhere. We already have those four episodes available. Let's just put them in the middle. So, you know, you can say you heard it here first, I guess, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they show up in the middle. And then people are like, well, okay, I guess we'll wait, like you said, a month to see the new stuff. Who knows? Maybe they're still working on it. I have no idea if they're if they're still trying to finish up those last four episodes. But I think that's probably the way it's going to go. And that's my only gripe. I really loved everything that they did in The Bad Batch, but the way it starts out, you can speculate the next seven episodes and what they're going to be. You can 100% do it for the next three because you know they have to finish this arc off. It's going to be those middle four where we see what they do. I'd love to be surprised. I'd love to get just like random episodes that are brand new and we have no idea what's coming. Or if the Siege of Mandalore was somehow an eight episode arc that, you know, explores a lot more than we ever knew. That'd be great. But I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because you said we, I don't think we have seen anything from the Siege of Mandalore before. But, so I don't know if it was already planned to be a part of it. But remember that the, the, the trailer for the season does show some footage from Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know, is that enough for four episodes? That feels like a lot for four episodes. Well, like we know, we know like Bo-Katan is going to factor into, we know that Maul's there. We know Ahsoka's coming back. We know that Rex is leading her contingent of like Ahsoka troopers, which is pretty cool. But you know, they can, they can cram a lot of stuff in just four episodes. I don't know if it's going to spread out to eight. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. So like, if it's going to be only four episodes, it's going to be really busy four episodes. Yeah. Uh, it could be five. Uh, I, I wish it could be like at least just lessen the middle part a little bit. Yeah. Uh, make it not four, make it three, two if it's okay. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, I, I'm torn because you'd really want it to go out on the best possible terms. And Decision Mandar does feel like it's going to be that. But also, I don't want to wait for it knowing what the end is going to be. Right. Exactly. That That's the hardest part of recent, releasing these weekly is that like, if you've already seen the unfinished episodes, all eight of them, you're kind of like, well, okay, uh, I'll just watch these prettier versions of those same stories again. And I'll wait two months for the new stuff. And then the new stuff is probably going to have to tie into the Mandalorian from, from what we've heard. Like everything now in the star Wars universe is going to have little seeds that tie into each other. And Clone Wars has done that very well. Um, throughout its run. So I wouldn't be surprised. I would actually be very surprised if it wasn't somehow tied into the Mandalorian. Cause there's a lot of like dark saber mythology that we don't know where it was between certain times that shows up in the Mandalorian was big with, uh, with Bo-Katan and, and sort of the Mandalorian stuff in rebels. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But 
Anything else for this particular episode or the, the overall kind of plan for Disney Plus that didn't sit right with you? Um, no, I think it's just, it's just a big question mark at the moment. Sure. It's just, we may end up loving what they do with the season, yeah. but we won't know until what? Eight <laughs> Two months from now. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's, it's it's hard. So, but it's it's still like it was a good start. I'll Definitely. say that. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but at the end of this show, we always like to end with our LOLs. So again, we talk about stuff that made us laugh for one reason or another, whether it was intentional or not intentional. I think in this case, most of the stuff was intentional. There weren't too many things for me, at least, that were just like so ridiculous or outlandish that they just didn't work. So what about you? What actually had you laughing during this uh, half hour? Uh, again, it was mostly the, the droid. It just, yeah. Everything they do, uh, there were two in particular when they're attacking. The, the first time the Bad Batch attack as a group of droids, uh, they, they start uh, throwing grenades and shooting at them, making them explode, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, how they were like super synchronized and one of them catches and just go like, oh, what is this? And it explodes. It's like, you you saw it. You know what it is. Um <laughs> And then you just like every time they 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 see the the group of clones coming, they're like, oh, you're you're not supposed to be here, and they just they get shot. It just every time they come out, I it's one of the things about uh, the Clone Wars and the Filoni. Uh, we compared it before to uh, the Tartakovsky show, but one thing that Filoni does really well is insert humor into it. Uh, where the Tartakovsky show, because of its really short runtime, was just focused on the the visuals and the action, this really not only uh, have really dark and mature themes, uh, especially when it comes to the clones, but it does have some goofy humor that works as it's supposed to, uh, unlike most of the prequel humor. Right. Um, and just the way they, they, again, like they improve the droids and make them like, yeah, we know they're ridiculous and they make no sense, but, you know, let's make fun of it and make it a point. And I, I really love that. Yeah, tone, the, the tonal stuff that they hit with, it all lands, which is really tough to do, especially with comedy. But then also talking about the Bad Batch, one of the funniest parts to me was Wrecker. And Wrecker could have gone way the other way. He could have been like, you could have hated Wrecker. You could have hated how kind of like, stereotypical he was for being just like a big dumb strong guy who's mad at everybody but there was something about baker's delivery and something about the writing that he kind of like he's kind of a big dumb strong guy but you actually kind of like him at the same time he stands up for his team he's a little aggressive and assertive when it comes to the regs and, and rex who we know and love because we've been with him for like hundreds of episodes now but there was just something about him that you i mean for me personally I just found him hilarious, and I kind of wanted to see what he was going to do next. Like, there there are mentions, I don't remember if this is this episode or the second one, so forgive me, but there are mentions where, ah, I think that is in the second one. Essentially, Wrecker doesn't really follow orders unless it's from Hunter, so I'll just leave it at that. But, you know, if you, if you have a hundred battle droids in front of you, and there's only four of you, and there's no, you know, cover in sight, Wrecker will pick up like a piece of shielding from a ship and just rip it off and then hold him in front of him while he just walks into battle and you can just hide behind him. And he's that kind of soldier. So like you mentioned, they all work in sync with each other. They're all very coordinated. That was really fun. But to me, the anchor was more uh wrecker, even more than Hunter. Cause he was just kind of like a big wrecking ball. He was just a bulldozer to get you 90% of the way there. And then tech could come in and, and crosshair would, would take out any, you know, 
snipers or, or guards waiting in the wings. They would do the they were doing the cleanup crew, and Hunter was there just to make sure if anything crazy happened, he would take care of it. So I love that Wrecker was just like the blue collar dude to just like wipe everybody out and, and get them most away the there. And he was he was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to see more of him. And I can't stress enough how much I want to see more of the Bad Batch. They've got you know whether it's a prequel or whether they go somewhere from here. Like I don't even care. I just want to see more of their adventures, and it could be episodic. Like, it wouldn't have to be serialized. We could just watch, drop in with them on a random adventure, see who they meet, see how they deal with stuff. Now, poor Baker, he would have to <laughs> pretty much just act out the entire show himself, but I think he'd be up for that. I think he'd be up for that. Yeah, I like the droid stuff too, though. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, it was basically just those things in a, in a fairly dramatic and, and somewhat emotional uh, episode that there weren't a lot of laughs to be found. So where they did stick them in, they worked pretty well. Uh, anything that made you laugh? Anything else that made you laugh in this? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, there's something in episode two that I really, really love. You can tease it. Uh, it's just a tiny scene with, and that's not in the original finish. Oh, part okay. Um, between uh, Anakin and Obi Wan, uh, that just really funny. Also, it really changes uh something that you thought about these characters from the from the original movie so i really like that they added more to it uh but yeah no that's it yeah even in this one like you get a little bit of anakin you get a little bit of mace windu they're they're mostly acting from like a strategic position sometimes i just like how awkward uh anakin acts in those moments where he has to like sit back and be the general and he's not like out in the in the field like fighting stuff but yeah, I mean, uh, pretty good with, with getting some comedic and a lot of action beats in just about a half an hour. So overall, I think a really solid start to the season with the caveat that you may have seen this before five years ago. Um, so I think we'll need to like cycle back uh, in seven weeks or so and then really talk about the new stuff that's coming. But yeah, I think that's it. Any any final thoughts that you want to share before we get to our recommendations and whether or not you uh, suggest people check this out? Um, no, I think I'm good. Uh... Just again, uh, we won't really know for a while. I do feel like the big uh, problem with the season is just that it's the last one. Because even as you say that we, we, there's still a lot of episodic content to be done here before the end. But the fact that they want to go straight to the important stuff, the big stuff like the Siege of Mandalore, just <laughs> pretty much neglects all of that we, there's no way you can go from that into just the adventure of, of anakin just hanging out with rex right and i would love to uh, but yeah i mean it's it just it's good to have the show back i i never believed it would happen but here we are yeah honestly with like even the the quote-unquote bad stuff that we talked about like i just love the fact that this is back and they'll get to conclude it in whatever way they want to do it whatever way filoni really wants to do it i'm i'm happy they have that opportunity so with that being said, here's the option for your recommendation out there. And the way it works on this show, if it's the first time you guys are listening to us, we can recommend a show, and we've told you why we would or would not recommend it. We can also recommend against watching a show. And if we do that, we also have the opportunity of giving it the dip treatment. That's right, the dip from Roger Rabbit, which means if it's a unanimous or majority rules decision here to dip a show, it is erased from existence for all time, and we will never talk about it or mention it again. Uh, even though we occasionally do from time to time. So, Raphael, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Season 7 Final Season Revival Season, Premiere, The Bad Batch. You get all that in there? Do you recommend it, and why? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, 
even if you have seen the unfinished episode, it's just good to have the Clone Wars back in our in our lives. And for the overall uh, mythology of the show, uh, having the Bad Batch is such a refreshing addition, uh, something that we haven't seen before in either the movies or either the show or the movies. And it has uh, at, um, such a weird and fun dynamic that I just love to see and would love to see more of. And even whatever happens next, I just this episode is a a good reminder of why people love this show so much and why we wanted it to return. Absolutely. Well said. And I'm going to echo those uh, statements exactly and say, I definitely recommend you guys checking this out. Even if you've seen the version that was previously released, you now get to see it as it was originally intended to be seen with the advent of 2020 technology. So uh, definitely check it out, if only for the Bad Batch. And then you get to stick around for the next three weeks and see how that arc kind of plays out, too, which I think is pretty cool. Again, even if you've seen it already. So that's two recommendations and no dips. No surprise here as well. So again, thank you for joining me for the show. Uh, before we get to Raphael's uh, social media content and where you can find him, we want to give a shout out to our friend Bobby Anthem. You heard him earlier on this podcast with the synopsis for the show, but you can also hear him on the Paranormal Podcast, Inhuman Experience, with his co-host Bobby Blades. You can find them both on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Bobby also has a solo show called In Search of My Lost Soul, and you can find that along with the Inhuman Experience podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else podcasts are found. But now to throw it back to my special guest, Raphael, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. We hope to have you back again. But in the meantime, what are you up to currently, and where can the folks out there find you on social media? It was my absolute pleasure to join you. Um, you can find me at Rafael Motamayor, that's Rafael and M-O-T-A-M-A-Y-O-R on Twitter. I post everything I write there. I was just on Collider. Uh, I post about uh, Tartakovsky's The Clone Wars that just went out today. Yep. And I always uh, write about uh, animation, especially anime and uh, regular column I have over at Slash Film. Uh, so you can check that out. And then just whatever comes out, uh, you never know. You never know. Uh, and as for me, you can find me over at the aforementioned collider.com. You can check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you're the reading type, you can check out The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press, available on Amazon. If you want to contact us, awesome. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons, or drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Remember, for all of those social media handles, it's morning with a U. If you want to support us, be sure to check out our Patreon store to see how. You can also tell a friend or review us on Apple iTunes for whatever that's worth. You can find all these links in our link tree in the bio for all of our social media sites. Sean loves a link tree, and he's currently sitting beneath the shady, shady link tree. So send him a, send him a smile. Uh, he's probably also on Instagram, so get him off of that. You can also listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you guys do to podcast. That's going to do it for uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons today and the premiere of Star Wars Clone Wars. Thanks once again, Raphael, for joining us, and we hope to have you back again soon. My pleasure, and I hope to be back soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>